everybody. Welcome to Table Talk, a place for honest conversations and getting to meet friends. I am so excited to get to hang out with my dear sweet friend, Rex Forsyth. Thank you so much for coming today. You're welcome, Betsy. I've it's been looking gonna, forward to it myself. It's going to be so fun. If you don't know Rex, he is on staff here at Sagemont with us. Just the sweetest, kindest man. He is um, our pastor for pastoral care. And how, you, how long have you been at Sagemont now? A little over 30 years. 30 years. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little bit of time. And Rex is in the season of getting to look at what's next. Exactly. And getting to look at not doing ministry as your occupation and stepping back from that. You will always have a ministerial heart. You That's have true. a shepherd's heart. It just not might not be your job that you go to from nine to five each day, or in your case, on the weekends and on the weeknights, because you in pastoral care have, I think, one of the most difficult jobs on staff. You walk with people through their hardest days. Yes, I do. And you do a beautiful job at that. Can you look back and see things in your life, how God prepared you to do that job? I do look back and I have been able to see how God was equipping me and preparing yeah. me all the, all the journey long. And the, one of the things that I did years ago before I was in full-time ministry was I worked in a hospital setting. That's right. I forget about that. I, I worked in physical therapy. Yes. And I loved physical therapy. My boss wanted me to make it a full-time career and was going to help me through college to get, get my degree. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew early on, too, that God, I knew, would put me into full-time ministry at some mm-hmm. point. So I had to tell my boss that I appreciated his offer to help me get through school, to become a therapist. Right. But it wouldn't be fair to him for me to do that and then at some point just have to leave. Right. So I had graciously had to decline his offer to wow. help and continue to wait on the Lord yeah. for a door to open. And eventually, the Lord did open the door for Thank me to God. enter full-time ministry. I love and I'm that. very grateful for yeah. that. How long have you and your sweet wife, Becky, where if you ever call the, if you call the church sometimes, you get to talk to Becky. She's one of our amazing receptionists and has been here a long time, too. We just adore her. Um, how long have y'all been married? It will be 45 years what is today? The, the 20th? 18th, 19th, 19th, something like that. It will be 45 years in the next day or so. No way. That's amazing. Happy anniversary. Thank you. That's so great. I love that. So 45 years. And did you grow up in Amarillo? I grew up in the Panhandle. Okay. I actually spent my first 14 years of life in Plainview, Texas. Okay. And then we moved back to our old farmhouse. Up in the Panhandle. Okay. Between Amarillo and Lubbock. I mean, between Amarillo and Pampa, I'm sorry. Okay. And graduated from Panhandle High School. Okay. Then I went to Amarillo College and then to West Texas State University which in Canyon, which is now West Texas State A&M. Okay. And, uh, and then lived in Amarillo the rest of our lives until we moved here. Until you moved here. So talk a little bit just about how did you end up Amarillo- Sagemont in Houston. Bill Cole and Buddy Fortenberry both came from the same church where we came from. Yeah. And because they wound up here, I was aware of the fact that Sagemont Church had a large bus ministry. 
Right. We had a large bus ministry at Sagemont Church in Amarillo, and I was the part-time bus director. Okay. And so I decided to come to Houston mm-hmm. and spend a weekend with Brother Chuck Snyder, Maureen, in their home. Okay. Attend their bus ministry breakfast and go out and visit their route, one of their routes with their captain. Fun. Ride the bus on Sunday morning, sit through his children's church program, and glean everything I could from Brother Chuck. Yeah. To take back to my folks at okay. San Jacinto. So and it wasn't like coming like in view of a call. This was just, no. oh, y'all have a great bus ministry. We have a great bus ministry. Let me come see how y'all are doing it to take stuff back. That's exactly what okay. it was. So I came, had a wonderful weekend with Brother Chuck and Maureen yeah. in their home here at church. And then I went back and a year later, the next year. I called Brother Chuck and asked him to come to Amarillo and do a bus conference for my workers. Awesome. And he did. Yeah. And everything was going great. And then an opening for preschool director opened up here. Mm-hmm. And Brother Chuck called me, asked me if I would pray about coming to Houston. For preschool. For preschool, to be the preschool What minister. did you even think for preschool? I mean, I guess bus ministry is kids. Well, in truth, I said I was part-time bus director. I was, at that time, a full-time preschool director. Oh, okay, at, okay. At, Sage, at okay. Sagemont. Okay, so you'd been doing it. I had been doing preschool ministry. Okay. In fact, Sagemont, I mean, San Jacinto Baptist Church in Amarillo, okay. created the position of a full-time person just for me. They Aww. wanted me to take it, and okay. if I was not going to, they were going to find someone else. Right. But they had decided it was time to have a full-time mm-hmm. preschool director. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing. Okay. So that's why they called me and looked okay. at me. So in in praying about that in time, the Lord opened the door for me to come here, made wow. it clear for us to come to to Houston. How old were your kids when y'all came? Oh. That might be a really hard question. That's hard for with four kids. They, they uh-huh. were all in... They, they were all in... Like uh, 12 and under? Well, they were in... Tiffany was just going to start, I think, when we moved here her first year in junior high. I mean, high school. Okay. Okay. And so like 14, 15 and under. Yeah. Okay. So junior high and four elementary. Kids. Four kids. Three girls, one boy, right? Three girls and okay. one boy. And the way the Lord prepared us, especially me, to open mm-hmm. the door to come here, mm-hmm. because initially all four of the kids were not wanting to leave their friends. Sure. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. And it was... Hard on it. It's hard. Our hearts, mm-hmm. mine and Becky's. Yeah. To think about leaving. Sure. But to make a long story short, in the process of over a few months, the Lord prepared the hearts of my wife's parents, first of all, because I didn't know how they would react sure. to us leaving with all four of their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And then he prepared the hearts of all four of our children. Wow. And my wife. Until finally, the kids one day said, Dad, when are you going to be ready to go to Houston? Wow. Uh, We're all ready to go. What are you waiting for? Wow, Rex. (laughs) So that's when the Lord made it clear to me, it's time to go. And the wonderful part of that story is when we left San Jacinto Baptist Church, I always wanted the handwriting on the wall. I'd like to see it written in the clouds sure. to make such a huge decision. Right. And that really didn't happen in that way that I thought it might. Mm-hmm. But when I first came to say to Sagemont and talked with Brother John, I was very impressed with his 
desire to build a huge prayer garden. Yeah. And the statue to be the center of that, the statue that now sits in our foyer. The divine servant. Uh, the yeah. divine servant. Mm-hmm. That's what impressed me so mm-hmm. much, that Brother John wanted Sagemont Church to be known as a serving church. Yeah. And that stuck with me. And I never shared that with anybody. Mm. I just kept that in my heart. Right. That that would be a wonderful thing. And I, I love that aspect about Sagemont. Mm-hmm. And that was Brother John's heart and desire. Absolutely. So when we had a going away party for us at Sagemont Church in Amarillo, yeah. the staff threw a big party for us to leave when we were leaving. Yeah. And at the party, they got together and decided to have a plaque made for me. Okay. To present to me. Uh-huh. And so when I I was asked to come up to the front, in front of the group, and when they showed me the plaque that the plaque referred to the divine servant. Really? Talking about they've watched me take off mm-hmm. my towel and wrap around my waist mm-hmm. and serve. Yep. Faithfully. Yep. It's San Jacinto Church. Wow. And that was the handwriting on the wall. Very much. That was the seal, the stamp of approval. This That's is amazing. my will. Mm-hmm. God was saying. Where I need you to go. With that plaque. So that plaque is hung in my office ever since. Absolutely. Because that's what was God's writing, handwriting yeah. on the wall after I made the decision to go. Yeah, absolutely. Because I finally had to say, okay, God, I got it. Right. I, I hear it. you. You I had to you. be real clear, but yeah. I hear you. It's time. It's time yeah. to go. So that was, that's amazing. I couldn't even talk. Uh, I'm sure. When they sure. gave me the plaque. Right. I just stood up there and bawled. <laughs> Man, because they didn't know. They didn't know. No. They didn't that's know. That's really cool. And I love, I love those kinds of things. And I love that God is so gracious to give us those. And then to be, (laughs) excuse me, to be purposeful to remember them. And I love that you're like, it's hung in my office. Because in your 30 plus years here, they haven't all been roses. No. It hasn't all been awesome. (laughs) Sage Mount's a great place. But life, I mean, just life. Life happens. You know, life happens. And for you to have that where you could see it and go, okay, Lord, I know today is hard, but this is where you've called me. This is it. This is where you've called me to be. In all your years of being here, was there ever a time when you were like, maybe there's something else? Maybe we need to look at somewhere else. Interesting that that topic is what we'll talk about because 23 years ago, there was another church looking at me, wanting me to come to their church in Oklahoma. For preschool ministry? For preschool ministry. Okay. And I was very tempted because, as you said, it's not always a bed of roses. Absolutely. And it, it, was, it was very tempting. But the Lord, thankfully, gave me a real check in my spirit and convinced me I did not need to go. I needed to stay right here. I love that. And with, it was within, within a year's time from that. I believe, I don't remember the exact dates, but it was not long before the Lord opened the door for me to move from preschool ministry to pastoral care, mm. which is what he'd really equipped me for. Yeah. And by the way, another part of my equipping earlier in life, mm-hmm. uh, when I worked in the hospital, that's when I learned what <laughs> working in a hospital setting and ministering to people in very difficult times, mm-hmm. could be such a blessing. Yeah. 
Because most people wouldn't say that's a blessing. No, no. But he very much put that in your heart. He very much put that in my heart. And one of the things that the Lord blessed in Amarillo wonderfully was I learned then that it was a great joy for me and for people if I would take my music into the hospital and sing for folks. Yes. And so that's what I've continued to be able to do here. Absolutely. And as pastoral care really do it uh, every chance I have, every chance I have an opportunity. And so all of that was God's equipping Mm -hmm. me for what I'm doing, what I've been doing for these last many years here. Absolutely. And I'm sure there are so many people listening or watching that have gotten to experience Rex coming in the room with his little boombox to sing for them while they're in the hospital. And it's just such a blessing. It's a blessing for me too. a great blessing for me to see God bless that. Yes. And, you know, I think it's so important for us to realize that as as ministers and people on staff at a church, that because you are getting to take time and not be here full time. That doesn't mean you stop going to hospitals and singing for people, right? Like that's who you are. That is is how God has equipped you and created you. You continue to do ministry. Yes. Even in a season where it's not your quote job. And I love that I know that won't stop for you. No. You will continue to do that. As long as I can. Yes. And it's a blessing to others and a blessing to you and brings God so much glory that you do that. I just love it. Um, So let's talk just a second about retirement and what that looks like. And um, we staff had a luncheon for you and your family to just celebrate you and love on you and tell you thank you and all the things. And I was sitting in that and listening to your four children talk about you. I know we're going to cry. It's fine. Talking, talking to you about watching you do ministry, watching you love people. Um, was just, I think, probably more important than anything else because those are your first ministry, right, your children. And for all of them to go, Dad, we're so proud of you. You have been a faithful servant. And also, I loved hearing each of them say, we're so thankful that you get to take a breath. And I think so often people don't realize uh, the time and energy it takes to do what you've been doing for years. Because it's not just Monday through Friday or a Sunday morning. Your phone calls in the middle of the night. Your Saturday morning funerals. You're going to the hospital on a Saturday afternoon because someone just got admitted. And your family has seen that. They've had the firsthand view of that. Mm-hmm. And for them to say, Dad, great job. We're so proud of you. But at the same time, Dad, we're so thankful that you deserve, good and faithful servant, you deserve to take a breath. And I know in this season, that transition, I'm sure, is difficult. Mm-hmm. Even just the thinking about it all the time to go into, wait, okay, I don't have to think about it all the time. Or the different phone calls where you're like, hey, I love that you called me, but actually we have this amazing guy named Charles Castile, who's awesome. You can reach out to him and he would love to come and minister to you. How are you walking through transition? Uh, Of course, as you say, it's, um, 
it's just a time of unknowns. Yeah. Uh, it's new territory, places I've never been before. Right. I'm thankful for Charles Castile. Yeah. I'm thankful he was willing to step up and eager to take over this position in my place. Yep. And one of the things that made that so comfortable for me is because I trained him to be one of my hospital volunteers soon after they came to Sagemont Church. Yeah. And he worked for me as a hospital volunteer mm-hmm. until he decided to go into full-time chaplaincy, hospital right. chaplaincy ministry. Yep. So that's what he's been doing these yes. last several years is being a hospital chaplain. That's right. So he is fully prepared and equipped, uh, in fact, much more formally trained than I am. Formally. My training all came from... Boots on the ground, doing it. It was so interesting. I ran into him in the hallway uh, a week or so ago, and we had just had a sweet family go through a death in their family. And I asked him, I said, have you gotten to talk to them? And he said, yes. And and he was able to look, no experiences. He's like, I remember. I know in the hospitals when people go through this, this is, you can see it on their face. He said, I could see it on their face. He said, I know. And I was like, Lord, thank you. Because this is such a very specific, important position at the church. And the fact that he blessed us with somebody that does have experience and not just experience somewhere else, but experience here at Sagemont that he worked with you, that he, you trained him on, this is how we do hospital visits. And for him to be able to step in is just such a neat, that has to bring you some peace and comfort. Real peace and comfort. Yeah. Real peace and comfort. Yeah. I, I was concerned early on thinking about retirement because I've been praying about it for a long time. Yeah because that was always one of the major concerns is who in the world is going to step Absolutely. in. And, it's, you know, I just can't see how I can turn loose mm-hmm. of everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. When you but know the importance Charles. of it. Yeah. Yes. I can turn it over to Charles. I feel confident that he's he'll be fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will say this. If you're like, who's Charles? <laughs> Because somebody, he's new, so you might not know him as far as staff, but he came and did a table talk with me whenever he first came on staff. So you can always go back and listen and hear his story, hear his salvation story, hear about how he, he's just, he's a really neat guy. He is wonderful. He's a really neat guy. He's a huge, he's a, he's going to be a huge blessing to the church. Yes. So um, you and I were talking just a little bit beforehand and I loved what you said um, because I said, do we talk about what you're going to do? Like, what are your plans? And then you're like, I'm not exactly sure. I am absolutely not sure. Uh, I've tried to wrap my mind around what the plans should be. I just don't have a clear picture, but I'm confident, again, this is what the Lord is doing. And he will open the doors as they need to be opened. In the meantime, we just continue to walk in faith and trust the Lord. And Becky is still working at the receptionist desk, Mm -hmm. as she has been for years. And... I know the Lord will speak to her just as he will speak to me. And right now we're just going one day at a time and enjoying the ride as best we can. I just think that is such an encouragement because we live in a society that wants to know. Mm-hmm. We just want to know. We just got to know. We got to figure it out. We want to know. And it's such an encouragement. 
And it's so interesting that even in our conversation today, for you to look back and go, God clearly showed me what I was supposed to do to come here. Then he clearly showed me what I was not supposed to do in Oklahoma. And now in this season to be able to go, I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm trusting the Lord because I've seen him be faithful Mm -hmm. my whole entire life. So I know he is going to continue to be faithful and I don't have to worry and I don't have to fret and I don't have to scramble to figure it out. Mm -hmm. He's going to be faithful so I can have peace and not knowing. Exactly. That's the way it is. Which is so hard. But you, such an encouragement that you're, and not that you're saying it's easy. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not really that, not easy. Right? But I would like, as the world does, I would like to get up in the morning and just know. Yes. What's going to be happening we would all. in three months and six months. And, but the Lord just doesn't do that. That's right. But it's, it is very peaceful for me to know mm-hmm. God's got it all under control. I love that. And as I need to know it, I'll know it. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, you know, Sagemont is in a uh, season of prayer, really, really focusing in on a prayer initiative and focusing in on prayer. Um, for everyone listening and watching, how can we pray for you right now? The main way to pray for me and my wife is that we will continue to be still and listen for God's mm-hmm. still small voice directing us and what to do because all of our decisions are affected by still our four adult children Mm -hmm. and our grandchildren. And as we mentioned before, things are not perfect in this world. We don't have perfect children. They don't have perfect parents. Right. (laughs) But we have a perfect God. Amen. And so pray that we will just continue to hear from God day by day, week by week, so that again, we don't make wrong decisions along the along the journey mm-hmm. but that we just continue to rest in the Lord and know that the decisions we make that he is confirming them amen. and then we'll know that everything is okay that's right amen well I speak for so many when I look at you and say thank you thank you for every day getting up and saying yes to the Lord being willing to be his hands and feet over and over and over again with such a joyful heart. And you are a shining example of thinking of others more than yourself. And it has been an extreme blessing. And I am encouraged that that's not going to stop. I don't don't intend for that to ever stop. And it's been a huge blessing for Becky and myself and our family to yeah. be here in Houston at Sagemont Church. Yeah. And um, I just can't put into words what that's been for us mm. in spite of the struggles and the challenges and the heartaches and the difficult times and the long nights. Yeah. It's all been good because God's been in control. That's right. He is. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know we love you. I know you do. And I love everybody here. It's a wonderful place to serve. It is. It is a wonderful place to serve. It 100% is. Thank you for coming and sharing today. Thank you, Betsy. We love you bunches. Thank you. And we're praying for you. Thank you very much. We will be praying for you. We need that more than anything else. There you go. Amen. We love Becky, too. It's just awesome. So, y'all, if you see Rex or Becky in the hallway, go up. Give him a hug. 
pray for them. And um, as you remember them and they come to mind, just pray for them in, in this transit. Pray for Sagemont Absolutely. in the transition. And even though Charles is amazing, it's still transition. Still transition. And so it's figuring those things out. So just continue to pray for Sagemont. And uh, thanks for hanging out at Table Talk today. And we will see you next time. 